Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio from River Road Studios in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is brought to you by the Herbal Nerd Society. The Herbal Nerd Society is a collection of really awesome, cool people. Really? You always <laughs> they really say are. that. I, think, I always I think say you say that. Awesome and cool. That's so funny. You say that every time. Because they are. They're really cool people. Yes, I love well, the Herbal Nerd Society. I, I appreciate them because they keep us on our toes and they make me a better um, web person. I get that all the time. So mm-hmm. They make me smile. You know, they And they help us. They, they support this, which in turn supports us to do this. So yeah. Yeah. it's a nice, uh, it's, nice it's, give and take. It's a, our little exclusive club that... That we have that is four ninety nine a month, mm-hmm. uh, and you get exclusive articles. People have said several times, "Well, I tried to read your article, but it it said I had to be a member." Like that one did, yeah. yeah. So you might want to become a member, sweetheart, because you, clearly you know what you're missing here, don't you? Yeah. So, but that helps us pay our bills, and it's a really cheap way to to get an herbal education. I can tell you that you ain't gonna get that somewhere else. Too right. Yeah. Too right. All right. And Hunter Creation, graphic design and website designers, putting your marketing ideas to life, whether that's business cards or brochures or a rocking new website, they can help you out. Contact them at huntercreation.com. Get healthy now with Candice. Get healthy now with Candice is my clinical herbal practice. I work with folks near and far. I can do distance consults using... um, Zoom. Zoom, Zoom meetings. Zoom, 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 Zoom meetings. And um, yeah, if you're looking for help and inspiration and would like to get healthy, give me a call. Right on. All right. Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is an integrated health free clinic right here in Lane County, Oregon. Uh, we are a 501c3 and we are located at 1717 Centennial Suites 4 and 7. And you can donate to us any any time because we are uh, – our, we'll give you a tax receipt. And check us out at occupy-medical.org. Ace High Heat Graphics. Custom imprinted uh, T-shirts or hats, any kind of apparel. You want to put your logo or message on something for your group or organization, they can help you out. Contact them at acehighheatgraphics.com. And Sierra Lupe Herbal, herbal Consulting is my own little herbal thing. And uh, I also do um, uh, distance and in-tone consulting. And my specialty is on chronic illnesses. And I work with uh, medication. And uh, uh, it's just kind of fun to do. So that's what I do. There you have it. So how do you get a hold of me? You go Sierra Lupe, herbalconsulting at gmail.com. All right. Don't forget that we're on the social networks. We're on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Yes. We have the hashtag, the back to herbalist. Plus, we already have an Instagram page as well. Uh, I believe we are on the Twitter. We are. We on are. On the Twitter. We are the Twitterist. Yes. Uh, yes, we are on we are. Twitter as well. So if you want to reach out to us, we are there and we will join in in conversations. I know Sue, you're really active on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like the podcast and have been a long-time listener or first-time listener and really like it, nothing helps us out better than a review. Yes, please send us a review. We would yeah. love to hear more. All right, with all that, it's time for the show. Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 176. Why must we herbalists go so far out of our ways to visit our plant allies in their native habitat? Why not just read up on the herbs we love and give them a try? 
Those are powerful questions that point right at one key aspect of what it makes an herbalist an herbalist. Today we're talking about the ways connecting with nature feeds our souls and our practice. I hear your hosts, Candace Hunter and Susier Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Susier Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Oh, spring is almost upon us. Yes, things, things well, are... Kind the of hope of that. spring is the upon hope. us. The hope of spring. <laughs> the hope of spring is upon us, and I have been reading my gardening books. Oh, good. That's what you do. Yes. That's what you do when yes. things are cold and wet. Well, you know, you pointed me toward Rico Check, who does the uh, strictly medicinal mm-hmm. seeds. Yep, and he's he's great. Yeah. I love I love their seed catalog. He's and a big ball of fun. He well, I wish I knew him. I I don't know, but I could <laughs> tell from the reading of the book that I'm working on, the Medicinal Herb Grower by Rico Check, mm-hmm. that he has got to be a big ball of fun. <laughs> so I was reading a section in there where he's talking about the importance of getting into nature to observe the plants in you know the way that they're growing. And he says, quote, nobody gardens like Mother Earth. Watching carefully, you can learn directly from the plants, end quote. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to talk more about you can learn how the plants grow. But I thought as I read that, I read that like three times. And I was like, you know, that's powerful because it isn't just how the plants grow that you can learn from watching carefully. There's so much more. Yeah, the relationship that they have between I've been to his workshops before and he talks quite a bit about how they the plants grow together and and when they're on their own the kind of influences they have on people how they walk around the plants and how they influence each other in their own natural environment and I am always fascinated by the tales that he tells. It's, it's pretty cool. I, I, I know that um, when I first started doing plant medicine, I was very interested in the traditional approaches, and I really mm-hmm. loved the bo- ethnobotany. And I have a, a reverence for the natural world that yeah. um, is part of my own spiritual development. And it occurred to me that I definitely – should know more about nature if I revere it. Right. So yeah. that that went throwing me down the, the path purely, of science. Purely and, logical. Yes, it is. Well, that's, <laughs> that's when I tried in. But yeah, I felt it, when I get puzzled by things, you know, taking them uh, in, in the place where they naturally are, mm-hmm. it answers so many questions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading Stephen Harrod Buner's book, The Sacred, I think it's called um, Sacred Plant Medicine. Okay. I think that was what it was called. The, whatever, oh, that's incorrect. Yeah, Sacred Plant Medicine. Yeah. Um, but I was reading that not that long ago, and there's a point where he talks about the difference between domesticated plants versus wild plants and how there's this really amazing energy that flows through the wild plants that doesn't necessarily flow through domesticated versions. Hmm. And that um, he relates a story about a place where he was living. I can't remember whether which farm or which place it was, but it's a natural place where he was living and he had planted fruit trees and was all excited that the fruit trees would be growing. This would be great. And the fruit trees just struggled to survive. Mm. Well, all the natural tree, you know, all the wild trees and things, everything that was just there was growing wild and happy as a clam and 
you know, towering over the fruit trees, even things that have been planted afterwards. And, mm -hmm. and he talks about the importance of recognizing that, you know, domesticated version plants don't necessarily have the same energy that the wild versions do. Right. Sure. A friend of mine, when she moved to the West Coast from the East Coast, was blown away by the rhododendrons that we have here because yeah. her mother had this rhododendron that she coaxed and nurtured and, and yeah. pampered for years, <laughs> just trying to get just one flower would be great. And yeah. we're driving through the coastal range and there's, yeah. they're all over the place. They're everywhere and they're, and they're, they're tall and they're healthy and they're, they're like trees almost. Yeah. And me. they, they're strong because the wind is battering mm -hmm. against them, but the soil is, is what they need and it's what perfect. makes them happy. So, yeah. you know, when you, when you're, you're talking about the energy of it, I guess that's, yeah. that's what you're describing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if I entirely fully agree with um, Stephen's, you know, assessment mm -hmm. in that little section of the book. And I don't know if he would still fully agree. Who knows? A book was written a long time ago, mm -hmm. but um, I think that domestic plants can be really quite strong, mm -hmm. but they also often do require different types of attending because we're taking them out of their native space yep, putting and putting them into a different environment with a right. different climate and different companions. Yeah. And I think that Rico has probably found the way to cultivate plants in a way that they have that wild, incredible energy that wild plants can have because he's listening to how are they growing in the wild. Mm -hmm. Let's replicate that for them. Right. You know. Well, that, that could be it. There's just, there is something to see a plant in its natural environment. I mean, going down south and seeing some of those fabulous plants that we grow as, mm -hmm. as house plants. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. And, and um, then coming, coming back and looking at my own house plant that I saw its cousin, you know, that was yeah. huge and, and lush lush and, and just and vibrant going crazy and, and then this little tiny struggling yeah. like five years old and yeah just, it's like tiny tim on christmas right you know? <laughs> <laughs> so that that yeah. i don't have any problems nurturing plants in in adopted settings right but it is is its own issue and even when yeah. they're healthy and and happy in in different mm -hmm. settings that they are not naturally in or, you know, you're trying to take a hot plant and put it in a cold area, then right. that's, that's still challenging for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like you see people that some people do really, really well in the, you know, frozen tundra of the North and mm -hmm. other people just do not. Right. And the people who do not typically do really, really well in other climates, whereas those Northerners, when they go to other climates, aren't quite as healthy and happy as they thought they would be. Yeah, that's true. You know, not everybody that leaves Minnesota for Florida thinking Florida is going to be so warm and wonderful and it'll be great actually stays. Mm -hmm. Some of them go back to Minnesota because they realize that they were healthier and happier in their native environment. Right. Which happens to be really, really cold. Yeah. I have in the real, winter. I have a hard time yeah. with cold. It gets cold here to me. And y'all yeah. just think, no, it's not. No, cold we're just at all. wearing flannel. We're like, it's just not even cold yeah. enough to put a proper jacket on. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm still wearing my sandals all winter, even in the snow, because I can. Right. <laughs> Although, Although, if we were to go back, it oh, would yeah. be very intolerable cold. That's true, because you've well, acclimated. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I don't I have absolutely no desire to see 
freezing temperatures again for the rest of my life. You, you've I'm had your fine film. with that. I had don't need film. those. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, the I, the thing that I really like about getting into the natural world as an herbalist is that I work in a clinic that is um, it's pretty hard line as mm-hmm. far as the sorts of people that we work with. Um, a lot of your clientele actually really kind of live in the wild, even though it's in the city. Oh, gosh. I, There's no reason. I mean, the American just, caste system infuriates me beyond. <laughs> but I, I see some heavy stuff, and sometimes we have fabulous successes, and sometimes we lose people. Mm-hmm. And it, it it just it hurts. You know, mm-hmm. there are times at the end of the day we think, okay, I am going to get in my car without throwing up. And that's the big accomplishment I'm going to do today. (laughs) So I think that's one of the reasons why I take hikes a couple of times a week. Well, that's for you. That's like forest bathing, right? Exactly. I mean, that's exactly what you had a really good quote from a doctor who talked about forest bathing. Um, And I can't remember the name of the doctor, but he talked about how people in Japan have like, they have, experts in forest bathing mm-hmm. because it's so healing. It's yeah. so deeply healing. Yeah. That's, that's a, you can be a guide, a forest bathing guide, like they can certify you I to know. do that, which would be fabulous. Yeah. So you just take right? people in there into the, into the woods and you're teaching them how to meander. Right. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> but there, you know, yeah, if you're in a, in a foreign environment, then yeah. you don't, you, you don't react to things in a knowing way. You're just yeah. sh- shocked. Like for a, a country People person like myself to go to a big city like New York, yeah. be staring up at the buildings and, right. you know, all the smells and the sounds and everything would just freak me out. And I wouldn't right. really know what I was looking at. I don't have the context. Right. So yeah. Teaching was... someone to have context in the, yeah. in the forest. That's when, that's when you can really absorb and learn things and right. be comforted. Yeah. People who aren't used to the wild, like out of the city in the mm-hmm. non-cultivated areas, they can get really frightened really easily. Yeah. You know, I mean, and they don't, they can lose their sense of direction really easily. Oh, yes. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's Take not. Take a couple of greenhorns mushroom hunting. Uh-huh. Which yeah. I did once. Yeah. And lost one of them. Yep. In the woods. Oh. And eventually found them. And the whole time the crows were laughing at me because they knew exactly where he was and he was actually like maybe quarter mile from us, mm-hmm. <laughs> not that far away. Right. But your but, nose is to the ground. Well, and because of the hill structure, oh, yeah, we up couldn't and down. hear each other. Mm-hmm. So, Echoes. Yeah. So he and his daughter eventually, I think, what was it, a couple hours later, Patrick? Yeah, about three. About three hours oh, later, goodness. we reconnected. The whole time I could hear the crows were shouting and laughing the whole time. Mm-hmm. They thought it was just hilarious. Yeah, very funny. You know, and <laughs> and his, you know, poor wife at the time, she just was like freaking out. She was getting so, so upset. Oh, sure. And I can understand. I mean, I understood why she was getting upset. But the whole entire time I was listening to the forest and the forest was saying, it's all good. You, you, you It's all good. He's mm-hmm. having the adventure he needs to have. So let him be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I guess we'll just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And you know, ultimately, it all worked out okay. Mm-hmm. I, I must only assume I can only assume that they had their family had the experience they needed to have for whatever reason they needed to have it. But mm. that was definitely a freakout moment. 
Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Uh, It would make me ill at ease. If it was just my husband or an adult friend, Mm -hmm. it would not not be as upsetting but when you've got a child there then mm-hmm. yeah you know you're you're you have mm-hmm. committed when you are with a child to take care of them right it's, it is your job whether that's your relative or not right and yeah. so that it really kind of makes it horrific and of course when you take new people that to the west coast where we live mm-hmm. and take them on little tours of the of the woods then you always hear the oh, I, I think there's is there cougars out here yeah, there's cougars. Sasquatch. There's a Sasquatch. Sasquatch. There is a Sasquatch. Yeah, Sasquatch. just like yes. all the yeah. least likely scenarios. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just that's what's going to happen now. You right. Know? You're like, no, no, it's not <laughs> going to happen. We could drown. Or we could. The, all of those things are possible. Absolutely, and Lots and have happened. But most likely, we're just going to walk through the woods and I'll talk incessantly about plants. That's yeah. probably the punishment that you're going to be going through. Right. Is the <laughs> right. never ending fountain of plant information. Yes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so as herbalists, it's important for us to get into the woods just to heal ourselves because what mm-hmm. we do. Yep. And just like all healers, I mean, honestly, every single person in any kind of healing or caregiving profession probably needs to get into the woods. Yep. Every day. Yeah. At least once a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, probably. But as herbalists, it's particularly important for us to do that. Yeah, because that's our that, that that's our medicine right there. Right. So, you know, you you want to be in the pharmacy. Yeah. No. Right. <laughs> exactly. Mother Nature, right yep, there. Right there, and see how they work together. But also the the plants themselves they give off us. volatile oils, well, and they teach us. I mean, they teach us like Rico's talking about. You learn by observing them, mm-hmm. and they teach us how how they can help us they can teach they teach us how to use them as it were right to help people help yeah. other people i find that uh like i uh, you and i were yeah. talking earlier that um i was studying one of the i think it was alder for no it was birch sorry it was birch for its analgesic properties mm-hmm. and i was in the area where there was a number of birch and then i looked looked over and said, oh, wait, there's a, there's another tree that has analgesic properties and there's another one. It's all in this riparian area. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, so that's that's what happens is they they make these, these volatile oils or these yeah. alkaloids or whatever to deal with the environment. They're not centered around us. Yes, and they, they, share the, <laughs> they share the information. So Birch is chatting to the various other friends in the area. Oh, this worked for me last season. And everybody's like, oh, well, let's give it a try. And next thing you know, that becomes a common constituent because it's a common defense for everybody in that neighborhood. Yeah. I would label that uh, evolution. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the the fabulous piece about all of that is realizing, oh, if if they have to make this particular alkaloid or something like it in order to survive, then perhaps some of these other plants would have similar properties as well. Right. So for instance, if you're in a, in a desert situation, you, you look around and the, the smells mm-hmm. are completely different. And, you know, having to protect yourself from that hot, the, the heat yeah. and the wind and everything, you just, you, your, your plant body just has to be completely different and you have to have different types of concentrations of chemicals. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's easier to think about why, 
why uh, Larry or creosote bush, as it's called, would be so um, compacted with all of these volatile oils that are antibacterial because that's that's some hardcore stuff out there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a that as you said before, yeah, it's a learning experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that, and the smells of them. For instance, mm-hmm. out here we are so lucky because we have cottonwoods, which yes. I know allergy central. Um, but their little buds, the balm of Gilead. Yeah, I love that. I love oh, that stuff. It just smells like heaven. You, when you smell it, you just you kind of soften a bit. You relax. Yeah, you relax. It's very and, relaxing. You know, yeah. I always feel like I'm in a really good mood, and I know the that smell um, of those volatile oils. It has an effect on me personally, and it helps me uh, stave off. Infections; those are mm-hmm. antimicrobial um, oils, and we put it into. I breathe it into my body, and that helps my NK cells as well mm-hmm. um, do a job of keeping my immune system going. Yep, yep, and my endocrine system too, of course. But yeah, I, I think that's just breathing it is just as important as seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at like a traditional herbalist perspective, the cottonwoods, at least in our area, like to grow near waterways. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> and they're very good at handling the damp conditions that are also create where, you know, colds and flus thrive right. and, and those infections kind of, and infections yeah. thrive. Yes. And cottonwoods are very good at handling those and dealing with that kind of conditions. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that it would do well for humans that have damp conditions they're dealing with. So in our area in the spring, people are a little bit worn down from the long, cold, damp winter we've had. Yep. And they've so been that, in their caves too long. You're starting to get punchy. Yep, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, drawing on cotton would make sense at that point of the year. Mm-hmm. And then for folks later in the year who just have damp constitutions, a traditional herbalist might very well say, oh, you know, Cottonwood would be a good one to help a, a someone who's getting infections and has a lowered immune system and is in is always like has a damp constitution, has a lot of phlegm, has a lot of wateriness hmm. about them. Cottonwood would be one that you would use. Yeah. Well, even if it's not a forest mm-hmm. um, at this time of year, which is which is the early spring, late winter. I guess from mushy type of year that we're recording this in, then we have plants in our garden too yeah. that are very healing. And uh, it's, I think, exceptionally important for herbalists to pay attention to those plants that are around them. I have two huge winter Daphnes outside mm-hmm. my front door. So I'll get out of the car and trot through the front gate. And I, I don't, I, it always hits me before I think it will. Mm-hmm. That smell of the of the Daphne, yeah. and I brought a couple of branches inside and on the dining room table, and they, they it's been sitting in an enclosed environment for a long time. So open the door and hang up my coat, and whoa, what is that? Oh, you know what that is, girl. Right. <laughs> That's right. that Daphne just just giving out all that all those beautiful smells, mm-hmm. and it's it's wonderful. It's calming and. Mm-hmm. You know, it's little pink blossoms with the four petals. They're they're exceptional. But that's still I, I've I've picked it when it's covered in snow. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. Nice. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I think it's really it's important for us, regardless of whether your approach is more on the traditional side or more on the scientific side, it's important to get out and observe the plants because they truly are our first teachers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they should be. So that's why you don't just read up on them and try them out. Yeah. I mean, you can, but you won't be as effective. Right. And the connection won't be as good. Yeah. I've noticed that the plants that I work with that I've gotten to know personally tend to make, I tend to make better medicine with them than the ones that I don't know as well. They're your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I was trotting around today, in fact, and I actually found a blooming dandelion. Ah. It was amazing. <laughs> dandelion now. I mean, we just had snow not too long ago, and there's forecasts of it coming up again. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, yeah. I do not know what could possibly be pollinating that poor little dandelion, but there it is. Gonna do know? it anyway. And the poor little stalk was probably, you know, the size of my <laughs> of my uh, first joint of my finger. You <laughs> nice. know, very tiny. Super short. Here I am. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Nice. Yeah. So if you don't have access to actual forests and uncultivated areas. You can still get outside mm-hmm. and just observe the plants that are right in your neighborhood. Yeah, definitely. You know, the dandelion growing up through the cracks is, it's that's nature, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And the the plants that are planted along the edges of, of roads and the all of the weedy weeds that you see all mm-hmm. over, those have their own stories to tell, as, as you would say. And, mm-hmm. and by noticing them... You know, you you go beyond the clock on the wall. Yeah. You know, that's a um, it helps you notice other things about people that you're you're tasked with assisting in their healing. Right. So the little details of that plants show human beings have all of these tells as well. Yes. Yeah. No. So it's the the scent of someone that is ill. Mm-hmm. Um, or the look, look, the color of their petals. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. The color of their complexion, the color of their tongue, the color mm-hmm. of their fingernails. Yeah. All of those know. little pieces are indicators that all healers have to pay attention to. Yes. Uh, whether they're herbalists or not. And, and having a constant look at the plants and what those indicators mean it also gives it's a good thing also because if you're choosing good plants for medicine knowing what they look like when they're alive and vibrant helps you understand oh well now i have it in a dried form right is that is that the smell that i know this plant should be or has it been sitting on a shelf for too long yes yeah 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 and there is a definite difference between the plants in the wild and the plants in a garden Yes, there definitely is. Yeah, the plant, uh, like rosemary, some of these plants, if you put them in a garden situation, you you water them a bunch, they are not going to have a good smell to them. Right. They'll be, they don't have to defend themselves. And then again, if they end up in my yard, they don't get watered at all because they forget. <laughs> right. And then they have a really potent smell. A very potent Because they're yep. struggling to survive. Yeah. <laughs> My rosemary is on the side of the driveway. I had put that uh, along the house because our neighbor had a whole bunch of cats. Mm, the yeah. one that had like 20 cats, remember? Awesome. Yes. Yeah. I so we had that. a gravel driveway, which the cats said, oh, 
That is the uh-huh. biggest litter box I have ever seen. Yeah. Mm, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I put the rosemary and the and the lavender alternating plants um, along the side there to uh, to discourage them. Yes. And, and it worked. worked. It worked. Yeah. It worked great. And, yeah. you know, we've been there 20, 20 years and lavender doesn't live as long as right. rosemary. So the lavender is kind of um, faded out and now it's a huge rosemary sage bush with this nice sprawling rose in between yeah. that keeps trying to eat the porch right <laughs> but it still does its but job it's doing what it needs to do yeah, yeah. it still does its job it, it it keeps um cat poop from accumulating yeah. places that we want to stroll and they don't have to be watered Mm-mm. and boy on the hot day the the bees buzzing around them mm-hmm. on the flowers and the you can see the it can, i swear you can see the scent in the air, you know, because mm-hmm. it's so heavy and yes. heady. Yeah. So it's like it cuts the air a bit. It yeah. It makes a bit of a warble and it's yeah. a wonderful way to start. Oh, yeah. So if I'm given any of those plants to somebody, I am confident that that is the, the healing nice is going to happen. It's strong. Yes. It's medicinal strength. Well, and in the space that you have it, it sort of mimics the rocky hillsides of the Mediterranean where they grow wild. Very true. So the soil is not necessarily super awesome, but mm-hmm. it's not terrible. It's not yeah. like you planted them in, you know, the thing with something with no nutrients, but right. it's not a rich soil. Yeah. And it's rocky mm-hmm. and it's right on the edge of things. So they're going to get more sun and, and being brushed by, you know, people going by yeah. and, and, and that sort of thing, you know. They'll get more um, aggravation. Yeah, they're for more sure. aggravated. They gotta, they gotta <laughs> yeah. make more of those chemicals to protect themselves. And yes. the side of my house, I have a giant two-story house, uh, turn of the century style, and that is white on that side, so mm-hmm. it reflects all so that gets, heat right gets, onto the right on plants. <laughs> Bakes them. Yes, takes them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's part of what Rico Check is talking about: is observe. Observe the plants in nature and then replicate those conditions in your environment. Mm-hmm. In other words, find the right spot. Don't put your rosemary in the in the shade garden. That's right. probably not going to be awesome for it. It ain't going to work. And <laughs> don't put it right next to the tomatoes because you, you've got to water tomatoes all the time. Yeah, you do. So you could, I mean, it's not like rosemary won't grow there, but it's not going to produce the best, most flavorful and strongest rosemary mm-hmm. next to the tomatoes because it'll be overwatered. Yeah. You know, find a nice rocky edge spot, give it a watering when you think about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if you miss a few times, it'll probably be okay. Yeah. I think one of the things that uh, being a good gardener or learning to be a good gardener and being a good herbalist, the thing that has in common is that you are paying attention to to energy and stories that are not your own. Yes. So that's, that's vital in healing other people. Yeah. I think you're right. It's vital in healing other people and it's vital in in learning how to grow people or plants, Mm -hmm. how to help them thrive. Yep. And yeah. For some reason, it makes me remember one one gentleman that came to our clinic that he was having a rotten, very bad day and he was unhoused and he's an unhoused um, uh, person that had been on the streets for so long that his body was much older than it should have been. Right. So yeah. we were, we were, <clears throat> sorry, we were talking and, uh, he 
he just felt so safe in the place that we had set up there. You know, he'd been fed and people check in and on him and we're just sitting on the park bench chatting after he had just gotten back from talking to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And he he said, I, I would like to pray with you if I could. You know, I, my yeah, first instinct like, was like, oh, no, sweetheart, <laughs> that, that, ain't, that ain't my song. Right. No, but but, but it was what he you. needed. Yeah, it wasn't I could about tell. you. Yep, so. Exactly. So I yep. held his hand and, and he prayed and he said, if you'd like to say a few words, you may. And like, I would like to say that you are a very good human being and I wish you well. He's like, that's that's a wonderful prayer. That was what he needed. Yeah. So, yeah, and that same thing with the plants. They they got their little things that they like, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's a it's it's magical to be in that place that's not centered around your own little head. It is. It is really. I mean. Life is so full of so many wonderful stories, mm-hmm. and most of yep. them, in my opinion, are far more interesting than my own. So <laughs> yeah. I'd rather listen to other people's stories, and I'd rather listen to the stories of the forest and the plants and the birds and the bees and everybody else because it's more interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I I try to pull myself out of the – and my interpretations out when I'm – walking in the woods to recover. Yeah. Because I'm a very uh, heady kind of person, I guess. And so I'll be trotting around and go, oh, this this plant is growing here, and I bet it's got this constituent, this kind of blah, 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 right? right? Which yeah. is great. That's super fun because yeah. I That's take a, people on yeah. herb walks. Yeah, it's so a great it's herb walk. supposed to do. But, but if I've just had one of those rotten, horrible days, then – learning to turn off that part of my brain and just mm-hmm. walk and just be yep and just look yeah. at the shapes of the leaves and and touch the 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 cedar needles needles mm-hmm. the cedar branches and smell them and yeah. you know, allowing my five senses that are mm-hmm. physical yeah no not the other senses but just those physical ones to harvest all of the I don't know, the beauty around me. Yeah. That's so deeply healing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it is. I have to admit that I don't go into the woods as much as I would like. And and part of it is because there's a lot of busyness in my life and all of that. But truly, I could make the time. And it's not like I live that far from nature walk opportunities. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I found is that I feel like my heart is breaking every time I have to come back home to the city. Oh, gosh. Uh It's just this, you know, it's heart wrenching. And it's when I when I go out, like when we go mushrooming, Mm -hmm. most of the time, all of that sciencey stuff, all the names of constituents, even the Latin names of plants, they all of that information just falls away. Mm -hmm. And I'm just there. And it's Mm -hmm. such a wonderful experience. Yep. And a lot of times I move into a place where there are no words and I'm fine with that because I'd rather just be there. I mean, there was one time where I was out mushrooming and I heard the call of the truffles and I went and dug up truffles mm-hmm. because I knew exactly where they were mm-hmm. just because I was listening to what the forest was telling me. And I didn't even know what they were when I dug them up and then I brought them home and Patrick's like, oh, those are truffles. I'm like, really? <laughs> cool. <laughs> And I had hoped, I mean, it was a time where I had been hoping that I would have an opportunity to actually see what a truffle was for Mm -hmm. real that wasn't like already in an oil or in some food someone had made. 
And so the setting. forest offered that up to me and it was such a gift and there were absolutely no words while I was doing it. The whole entire experience was beyond words. Mm-hmm. It was just being. Well, the that feeling of grief when you leave that setting, I wonder if you would still feel that if you were in the woods more often. I don't know. I don't know if I would or not. I'd have to actually get out mm-hmm. doing it. I mean, I'd have to do it every day. Yeah. And I've contemplated trying to do that or at least trying to get, you know, at some point maybe move into the woods or move closer to the woods Mm. than I am now. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I haven't figured out what to do about that Mm -hmm. or how to fix that. So, (laughs) Yeah. Well, we've got lots of opportunities. And Mm -hmm. you you have your health. Yeah. I mean, I I do get out into my garden. It's not like I'm not getting into nature at all. It's Mm -hmm. just leaving the city is such a relief. And then coming back is not as fun Mm -hmm. for me. (laughs) But I also feel like I'm supposed to be here. I need to be here in the city for now doing what I'm doing. So Mm -hmm. I'm doing the best I can. But but yeah, there's a certain amount of there's like heartbreak and grief every single time I leave the woods. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know when I was younger, the Times when I'd go hiking, it would be like a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm this month I'm going to do this, and and I've got my backpack, and I've got my blah 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 blah, and right. and now it's just I'm going to jam shit in my purse. Oh, sorry, I'm going to jam stuff in my <laughs> purse, and you know, I always have snacks yeah. in my car, and so yeah, it just happens, right. That's just yeah. what I do when well, I really think about it. You're at a point in your life where you've got a lot more independence than I have because I'm sure. still dealing with, you know, child you and husband and businesses home. and lots of entanglements that eventually won't probably be as weighty as they mm-hmm. are right now. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that one of the reasons why I go out so often that – it allows me to get through all the weighty stuff that I have in my own life mm-hmm. yeah. because I, I jump yeah. away and, you know, I know in my head I should not be just going out on my own without people knowing where I am, but I do it anyway. Well, it's not, like, not very safe. Well, but most of the places that you go to aren't so deep into the woods right. that, you know, there really are going to be cougars hunting you down. Se- I got cell mm-hmm. service. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think you're pretty safe doing what you do. Yeah. And it's really deeply healing. So. Mm-hmm. It's always good to tell, you know, have somebody know eh, that you're well, at least what direction you're wandering. Right. Yeah. It probably so, is, but yeah, but it's not likely that that is going to change for me. No, <laughs> no, I think you're going to keep doing what you do when you feel like doing probably. it and not bothering to get permission. Yeah, I've got, uh, got a little feral streak in me that rears its ugly head once in a while. Little, little, okay, a large, a large part. Yeah, okay, and once in a while, let's change that to most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> All right. All it's right. admirable. Okay. Now everybody knows. <laughs> Harsh. Oh, that's all right. I'm living with it. I, try, I make it look good. You do. Mm-hmm. Actually, you do make it look quite good. Go. Yeah. So uh, in summary, I, I think you already brought up how healing just for our psyche it is and yeah. how healing is for our body and and what I forgot to mention was, and now that we're wrapping it all up, is that uh, we have charted with people that go in their their systolic 
part of their blood pressure goes down. Yes. Yeah. And wandering through. So it's a, a physically an effect on us yeah. um, as well as where our immune system and our endocrine system and our attention to the plants and how they work their all the teaching that they have to offer and um, the connections that we can make that we wouldn't have necessarily made in, it, in an academic setting, like in a book or yeah. a website or something. Um, not, not a podcast. Podcast is totally different. That's yeah, that's great <laughs> connections here. But all of those pieces together, that's, that's why it's, we put the show together just to really encourage herbalists out there. Get, get outside yeah, you know. get outside. I mean, honestly, when it comes down to it, we share the bulk of our DNA with the plant world. Mm-hmm. Like they have the same DNA we do. Yeah, it's like sixty percent or something. I read that recently. I think it was in the Julia Graves book, but I'm not sure. The language of plants. I think it was in that book. But oh. either way, we share a lot of DNA with the plants. We should yep. probably get to know them. Yes. I mean, a lot of people think it's important to. Visit their family reunions. Sure. So why shouldn't we also be doing that with the rest of our family? That's very true. Yep. Yep. Well. Until then. Until then. Put put an an herb on it. it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.